Martin Luther King Jr. Everyone knows who I am, my inspiring acts, and how I started change for the rest of the world. But do you really know who I am? What led up to my adult life in all those speeches? Believe it or not, I had a pretty, pretty significant childhood, which is often overlooked and untold. My name is Martin Luther King Jr., the date is 1935, and this is the story of my childhood. I was born on January 15, 1929, in Atlanta, Georgia, during the tail end of the Roaring Twenties. My original name was Michael King, but my father eventually changed his and my name to what it is now. My father, Martha Luther King Sr., was a minister as well as a social rights activist. My mom, on the other hand, worked as a teacher. I was the middle child of my younger brother, A.D. King, and my older sister, Christine King. My father was very strict on me and regularly whipped me until I was 15, but this was balanced out by my mother's very, very generous approach. My family was always deeply involved with faith and religion, and I was baptized on May 1936. Around a year later, when I was six, I had a white friend, which was very When school started, I was forced to go to the colored school while my friend got to go to the white school. These colored schools were awful. These schools were usually poorly funded and our teachers often unpaid. What broke my heart was when he said his dad didn't want us to be friends anymore. Not because of my personality nor morals, but because of my skin and nothing else. Just because of what I looked like determined that I couldn't hang out with him. This was my first experience with racism. I didn't even know what racism was until my mom sat me down and informed me after this incident. I couldn't understand it at first. How could someone not like me just because of the color of my skin? Six years later, my grandma passed away. I was 12 and I was also diagnosed with depression during this time. To add on to my grief, I was out attending a parade against my parents' wishes when this happened. I inevitably blamed myself for her death and attempted suicide by jumping out of a two-story building. I survived. This was an experience I would never forget. Never in my life had I done something this extreme under depression. I had so much emotion boiled up inside me and I didn't know how to express it. Or a house that's about to collapse in under its own weight. To make matters worse, it was during this time when I questioned my religious beliefs. This made my father furious. He just didn't understand what I was going through. We saw most things eye to eye, but this I wasn't sure about. Eventually, I took a Bible class and rekindled my long lost faith towards God. I told my father about my decision to enter the ministry. He was pleased, but there was also something else I saw in him. Pride. After this altercation happened, things weren't as bad. I joined the newspaper stand, and I was the youngest there, working as an assistant manager. I later attended Brooklyn T High School, and I was very invested in my studies. I went on to skip 9th and 12th grades. I was a public speaker around my school, and I had a natural passion for the debate team. During one trip, I remember, it was junior year. We had taken first place on the Oracle Contest in Negro Falls. When we were riding home on a bus back to Atlanta, I knew something didn't feel right. At that very moment, white passengers boarded the train. 
They glared at me and my teacher, whom we were the only black people on the bus. Then they whispered something to the driver, and I couldn't quite make out what they said. Then the driver stood up. He was also a white man and demanded us to move. At first, I refused. There is no way I'm going to give up my seat to someone just because of the color of my skin, I thought. My teacher stood up immediately and motioned me for, to get up as well. I was so angry. He was literally about to give up our seats just because a white man said so. The whole train was staring at us like a whole audience attentively watching a magician for his final trick. I stood there and just stared at him, unsure of what to do. Finally, after what felt like years, I reluctantly gave up my spot and was forced to stand. Never in my life had I felt so angry. Angry and disappointed, I thought. I was not angry at the driver, nor the white folks that took our spot, but I was disappointed at society. How did it come to all of this? Where we were treated as rabid animals because of our skin. We had to go to separate schools, go to separate restaurants, and drink from different water fountains. I couldn't stand it. Not now, not ever. And it was at this moment that I knew something had to be done. Later this year, Morehouse College, which was a well-respected black college, announced that it would be accepting people that passed their entry exam. This was my chance, I thought. If I passed this exam, then I could get into the college of my dreams. When I got my grade back, I was thrilled. I had gotten to the college of my dreams. I ran around the house screaming with joy. And at the age of 15 in 1944, I attended Morehouse College. I played football there and I was elected a student body president. In college, I thrived in all of my classes and I was the valedictorian in 1951. In 1947, I entered the ministry, and when I was 18, with the help of President Benjamin E. Mays, he helped me decide whether to enter the ministry or not. We both agreed on the same issues in society, and he said that Christianity could be a potential force in discrimination. I studied there for two years and earned my sociology degree from Morehouse College. After this, I was offered multiple scholarships from a variety of colleges for my doctoral study. I enrolled in Crozer Theological Seminary, and then I met a woman of my dreams, Coretta Scott, a musician. We married in, in June 1953 and had four kids. Two years later, I'd obtained my PhD. I was only 25 years old, and I had everything. Now, the following months, the Montgomery boycott happens, which segues into the civil rights movement. I'm pretty sure you know the rest. Today, I'm only covering my childhood and the events that led up to the civil rights movement. Now you know the story of me as a child. I faced discrimination and struggled with loss and depression. I still went on to change the world. If I became an inspirational person after all of that, then so can you.